Hey there, fellow therapists. I'm so glad you're tuning in to today's episode. Have you ever wondered, as a licensed therapist, can I offer coaching? Is there a way to integrate coaching into my business? Well, if that is ever something you've wondered, you are in the right place. Today's episode is a delight because I invited my friend and colleague, Chastity, onto the podcast. She is the one that you want to learn from when it comes to integrating coaching into your business. In this episode, you're going to learn and walk away with an idea if this is, if this is actually something that you want to do. So we're going to first kind of touch on that, like is this something that you want to do? When are you ready to integrate coaching into your business? What are some of the nitty gritty logistical steps you might need to take to keep this separate from your therapy practice? Together, we explore some of the different coaching models that you may be interested in integrating into your business as a therapist and entrepreneur. One of these options is the one-to-many membership program offering. This is when you as a coach are offering some sort of membership to a group and you walk them through step-by-step to reach a certain goal in that coaching role. Chastity has firsthand experience with integrating this kind of coaching program into her business and it has really supported her in moving past that only trading time for money one-on-one model to really supporting her in breaking through that financial ceiling that so many of us as clinicians can experience when we're trading time for money in that one-to-one model and has really supported her in creating more financial security and just spaciousness in her schedule and life. Doesn't that sound great? (laughs) So you get to learn more from Chastity in this episode. I'm so excited for us to dive in here. Before we do, if you are tuning into this episode around the date that it first aired, tomorrow, February 1st, 2022, the doors to my three e-courses for therapists close. They only open three times a year. This is The Crafted Practice, The Established Therapist Toolkit, and Podcasting for Therapists. All of these courses support you in one way or another, learning how to market offerings as a therapist, diversify your income. These self-paced roadmaps support you as a therapist and entrepreneur in crafting a business that aligns with your vision and your values, supports you with, yes, the nitty gritty, but also the fun stuff. And for me, the fun stuff is like branding and embracing that entrepreneurial spirit, developing a marketing plan so that you can really build an intentional bridge between your business doors and that ideal good fit client or customer to support you in building a really profitable business that also has boundaries so that you are protected from burnout. Because if you're doing all the things and you're burning out, that's not the point either, right? We want it to be super intentional and streamlined. All right. I am so glad you're tuning in today. You're going to learn a lot from Chastity. Let's dive in. Hey there, and welcome back to Holding Space for Therapists, the podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, educator, and mom to three, passionate about supporting other therapists in crafting a profitable and meaningful private practice. Our work can be isolating. As therapists, we aim to hold space for meaningful change. 
as modern day therapists, we have an opportunity to hold more space for even greater change, but we don't have to sacrifice our values and wellness in the process. We can choose to define success for ourselves and we don't have to do it alone, which is why I'm so glad you chose to witness the following conversation today. I'm so glad you're here. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello, my friend, Chastity, and welcome to our listeners. This is now the Chastity and Cassidy show. Hey. (laughs) I am just super excited to have a chance to connect with you in the middle of my work day. I always love a chance to chat with you. We've done a few things together. We've recorded some podcast episodes on my other podcasts talk about identity, we've done some lives together, talking about boundaries, all the good things. And you've recently made some shifts in your business. And I was like, we need to chat. We need to chat on my therapist podcast. We need to get you on over there because I get tons of questions from folks who are really interested in integrating a coaching Mm -hmm. part of their business into their practice. And they got lots of questions about what that looks like, how they do it, the different models for that. And I was like, Chastity's the one. Chastity is the one to bring on the show. So welcome to the Chastity and Cassidy show. Uh, we should probably trademark that and like, I don't know, right. do something with that. Let's it just own it and own it boldly. Okay. <laughs> this is who we are at this point. This is who we are. Oh, this is going to be fun. So before we dive in, Chastity, can you introduce yourself to our listeners, provide a little bit of context, and let us know why you are passionate about integrating a coaching Mm -hmm. aspect into your business if you are a therapist? Yes. Well, first of all, I just want your listeners to know how much of a real one you are. Like, you're such a great friend. And in so many different capacities, you just you're just real. And so for them to be able to listen and tune into you, you you're you guys are always in good company when you are listening and tuning in with Cassidy. Um and so I'm so honored to be on the podcast today to share, you know, talking about coaching, coaching, expanding into coaching, what that means, what that looks like. Um a lot of my passion for coaching really started after I had started my private practice and got into it and started to quote unquote feel my practice. Um, I've never really seen more than like 10 clients at a time, but to me that still felt like a lot.com. And, (laughs) And so I was like, there has to be a different way. So I heard about coaching, specifically one to um, many models. So I wanted to go deep with my uh, client still. I wanted to still be able to kind of have that interaction because a lot of my magic happens when I'm in conversation. Like when I'm just like in it with you, a lot of that magic of like teaching and helping folks implement is like through that, those conversations. So I knew I wanted to have that like close proximity coaching capacity. Um, And so having that community allowed me to um, decrease my a caseload in my private practice. And the more I started getting used to like, oh, wait, hold on. Now I'm only seeing five clients. Oh, wait, could we possibly get it down to three clients? You know, and what is this life that I'm experiencing? And um, as I was learning about building this community, I always knew that I would be teaching therapists this 
at some point. Um, mm-hmm. But I think kind of this jolt happened within me um, at the end of last year of like, just bring that into the now. Bring it into the now. Why would you wait if there's something you feel like you're called to share? Bring it into the now. And so that's what I did. Mm -hmm. And so I'm very passionate about helping other therapists who are especially looking for an expansion of what the work that they've already done in their private practice um, so that they can decrease those clients if they want to have more capacity from an energy time perspective, spending more times with the kiddos, you know how the pandemic is these days, you just never know what's going to come up. I mean, we just, we need more time and capacity. And so having a one-to-many model allows you to be able to do that while still doing the things that you love. Mm. And can I ask you the six-figure dollar question? Are you able, so are you (laughs) decreasing, are you telling me Girl, are you decreasing your caseload and making as much as you're making or more? (laughs) I am making more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the thing is, and, you know, we were were talking about this before we pushed record. When I first started, I was into low ticket uh, um, priced kind of offers. A low ticket Mm -hmm. course. And I was like, "Ah, I don't think I want to do that. Low ticket this. I don't think I want to do that. And then the the membership. And what I realized is that, and, and Cassie, you can probably back me up on this, but like marketing and selling, it is a learned skill. Once you learn <laughs> it, it's like, cool. But when you're in the process of learning, it's like, coach, what's going on? I don't know. Um, but I always second guess my ability to market and to sell, especially on Instagram. I always had these kind of second guessing about it. And then recently I was like, a part of conversation and it dawned on me. I never had an issue with marketing. I never had an issue with sailing. I had an issue with pricing mm. because in the first nine months of my coaching, um, getting into coaching, I had welcomed over 200 people. Over 200 people said, Hey girl, I trust you with my, my, my heart on cash, you know? Yeah. And so to me, that doesn't say there's a marketing or a sell issue. The yeah. issue was the, the amount of money that I was charging for it. And so that then comes in the passion of like helping other therapists stand into like what you charge in your private practice, even if you are serving in a one-to-many model. So, you know, a group coaching program, it doesn't mean that you have to, you know, step a little baby toe in thinking that you have to decrease your, you know, your price in order to do that. It's like, let's fully own the value that we provide and do that in a way that feels good to us. And the clients we serve. Yes. Okay. I mean, this is this sort of this money, money mindset, money blocks, the money stories, the money, all that stuff definitely plays a role into all of this. And for those who are listening, I'll I'll try to remember to include links to this in the show notes. But if I don't, then you need to go back and scroll back. There's a few, I've got a few episodes in here that speak to this like how to like managing your money, but also setting your fees and the money mindset blocks. So go and tune into that because Chastity and I are going to start talking about some of the logistics here of integrating Mm -hmm. a coaching element into your business model. And the money stuff can definitely get in the way because you're right. Like you were killing it. People were signing up so you were marketing, you were getting people to walk that bridge to your business doors, but the money piece, right? Mm-hmm. The setting your setting your fee for these things. 
And yeah. what I also want to say, you know, you kind of mentioned this earlier, like you were, you, you went through this process of trying to figure out what is the right fit for me here in terms of what it, like you, you knew that you wanted to diversify your business model and through that diversify your income. And you went through a couple of like checklists. You were like, do I want to do a, a course? Do I want to do a membership? Is it a low fee course? Is it a high rate course? Is this like, do people, does someone want to do like a workshop model where you do these live workshops and then maybe you sell the replay? You might choose to start a podcast and monetize that. You might, writing might be your thing. You might mm-hmm. choose to, to look at how you can write something and diversify in those ways. But the coaching model and from what you're describing, the one-to-many model, mm-hmm. which I, I want you to kind of explain that a little bit more to us in a second here. Mm-hmm. As modern therapists, we have all these options now at our fingertips. And I want people to leave this episode with like one more idea of something that you have at your fingertips. And then you, the listener, you get to go and decide what is the right fit for you. So let's talk about this as you're describing a one-to-many model. Can you, I had, I never heard it described as that. And so at first I was like, wait, what is she saying? Oh, instead of one-to-one, it's one-to-many. Okay, I get it now. But can you kind of describe like, what does this actually logistically look like? Like, what are you talking about here in terms of like a group coaching model? Yes. So I really kind of define it into three components. What I teach my clients is to divide it into three components having a comprehensive curriculum, meaning you have unpacked your intellectual property and those kind of intuitive thoughts that you are so eloquently able to do with your one-to-one clients. You know, the things is like someone says something and you're like, oh, I know where this is going. Let's go. You know, like you know exactly what to say. You know exactly what questions to ask in order for them to have those light bulb moments and um, really get to the goals that they have set in, in your therapy practice. So having a comprehensive curriculum that allows you to set up those frameworks and those processes without having to process is so key for therapists because they feel like, oh my goodness, I can't do, like, I don't know how to tell somebody or teach someone how to unlearn negative beliefs without processing their history of trauma. Or there's no, there's no way I can tell you about a boundary without, you know, us processing, you know, what your, what your family may have done to you. But if we think about, and I think that goes back to like identifying your niche and being able to separate your therapy practice niche from your coaching niche, but when you're able to say, this is the problem that I solve in some way, it, in a lot of ways, it has to be different from your therapy uh, problem that you solve. It can be similar. So in my practice, I was helping um, moms who were in, in postpartum, who had a history of trauma, who were now experiencing anxiety. And my methodology was using um, EMD work which I love you. I know you love EMD work, uh, EMDR work. And so that was kind of my therapy niche, but in a coaching capacity, it's like, well, I can't, I can't use EMDR. That is a very therapeutic process and type of situation, but saying that you help someone regulate their emotions or regulate anxiety that is not diagnosable, but symptoms of like anxious worry, right? Those psychoeducational things that we talk about, like being very afraid that, If I name a feeling, if we talk about a feeling, then therefore I am doing therapy. And that's not true. Mm. A feeling, talking about those things, that's not doing therapy. 
right? Mm-hmm. It's talking about that th- those things. If that was doing therapy, we would all be doing therapy to our kids, to our spouses and partners, to our family members, to the people in the grocery store, mm-hmm. you know? And so sometimes we have this very kind of limited perspective about do our skills belong to us or do our skills belong to our license? No, mm-hmm. you are a you Wait. are a good yeah you are a good therapist because you are a good listener because you are a good connector. You are not a good connector or listener because you are a therapist. This is deep. This is deep. Our license does not own those skills. No, it doesn't own your gift. Mm. It doesn't own your gift. And being able to shift out of, I can only contribute value if I am under the umbrella of therapy is not true. Mm. And so a lot of the fears that are attached to if I coach, not just if I build a course or not just if I build a, you know, a workshop or something like that. But if I'm having conversations, transformational conversations with people, then I am now doing therapy and I'm just not going to do it. But it goes back to what you said, picking the way that fits more in alignment with what you do and how you want to do it for people. So that's step one, building out a curriculum that has frameworks and processes that people can go through and get to what you typically would kind of help your therapy clients with, but not in a processing way. The other part of that is having collaborative coaching, which again, that's that part where therapists are like, oh my gosh, no, I don't want to do that. But anytime people are faced with change, you have to guide them, right? And you and having a framework to be able to coach people through that I am not one that recommends that therapists have to go get a coaching certification because there are a lot of similarities in the work that we already do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 100%, right? But being able to coach someone through change is necessary when you have this type of one-to-many model that I teach my clients to do and not being afraid of that, not being afraid of when a client you know, uh, ask a specific question. And again, thinking, oh my gosh, I can't do that. This is too much. Breathing. Okay. If this person, I always view it, you know, I love analogies. If we're in a hallway and there's a door to, to the left, which represents doing therapy, and there's a door to the right, which represents doing coaching. The door to the left, as a therapist, you know, a client may go into this quote unquote room that has a lot of their kind of trauma experiences in there. As a therapist, you're able to go into that room and say, oh my gosh, I see something on the wall. Can you tell me about that? How did it make you feel when that thing happened? Oh, there's something over there on the couch. Can you tell me about that experience? What was going on with, how has that impacted you now, right? In a coaching capacity, the door on the right is just recognizing that those experiences have happened, but we dare not enter. We dare not go and process How did that make you feel when that particular instance happened? Oh my goodness, I recognize it, blah, 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 blah. We we keep them in the hallway and say, I recognize that those things happened to you, but how can we get to the end of this hallway, out of this house and towards where you wanna be? And so having a framework that allows you to do that with curriculum, plus the last one, curated community. Um, I think we all know the power of community when there are people Uh, together on the same um, wavelength, going along the same plan and how if you're going through something and someone else says, oh, me too, it just makes you feel less alone, which motivates you to do the work so that you are (laughs) headed towards what you want to head towards, right? And so those three things is really um, how I break down having a one-to-many model that demands a premium price, that demands the transformation that people are going through. 
so yeah, those, those are, that's kind of what comes to my mind when I think about a one-to-many model. Okay. Well, you explained it. It is like, I love the metaphor. It feels so much more clear in my mind right now. And this piece around the community, this last piece here, this curated community that you are guiding, I think, as you said, is so key. I was just having a conversation with um, a colleague yesterday. You might know her, uh, Dr. Becky Kennedy um, of Good Inside. Yeah. And we were on a Zoom call yesterday and she she said this. I want to just make sure I give her the credit for this because it resonated and I'm bringing it now here. This idea that she actually, she actually said, I don't believe that people can actually really integrate learning without also being in community. 100%. 100%. Because we need that space. We need to feel first, like not alone in our experiences and in our struggles in order to feel like the courage and brave, brave enough to move forward. Um, and we need the space to be able to reflect, to ask questions, to feel like we, we're relational beings. And so learning happens in community yeah. um, and growth. And yes. so, yeah, it's, I, 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 uh, which is why I think that what you're talking about here in terms of this one-to-many model that is ha- that the growth and change is happening in that community sort of setting, that group membership, um, group coaching model is is such a beautiful offering and option for folks. And, and, oh my gosh, so many little golden nuggets here. This idea that our license doesn't own our skills. I mean, this is, I think a really tricky thing for us as therapists with all the Mm -hmm. discourse that we've been breathing in and out throughout our career in this Mm -hmm. field. Um, But kind of coming back home to these skills that we, we own ourselves. Right. Um, And that, is such a beautiful integration into what we offer under the umbrella of the of our license, which is so much value, I do believe. Um, Otherwise, I would have let go of the license a while ago. But like, I still am, I still do believe that there are some core values that I align with, which is why I have maintained my license um, within that within the field itself. But that we can bring those skills mm-hmm. into things that we offer outside of the umbrella of our license. And so mm-hmm. I want to talk to the listeners a little bit about the how do we how do we do this? How do we separate these things, right? Because there's like some logistics here. Um, and so a couple of steps that I took when I started to offer workshops, courses, my podcasts, which I've monetized, as well as um, my coaching for therapists who are interested in private practice and diversifying their income, all the good things. So the first step I took was I talked to my attorney. Um, I have a small business attorney who helped me set up my corporation for my private practice so that it was a separate business entity from my personal assets. And she, I talked to her and she helped me also create a separate business entity for my coaching educational services business. So I formed an LLC, it's called Holding Space LLC. And under that business entity falls my courses, my podcasts, my workshops, whenever I get paid for any partnerships or I take on sponsors for my podcast. Um, any branding opportunity, any brand awareness opportunities through social media where I'm getting paid, um, and my coaching 
business. And so that means a whole separate bank account. So I have my personal bank account. I have my bank account for my private practice. I have my bank account for my educational services coaching business, which keeps all these things very separate and clear from each other. And also allows me to, when I go into contract with uh, a sponsor or when somebody signs a contract that they're going to be a part of my coaching program, the contract is with that business entity, right? Um, And not with my private practice business and not with me personally, although of course I am the president um, of that business, but Mm -hmm. it is with that business. And also um, my attorney helped me come up with forms that are, you know, the, the check mark people have to check off if they're signing up for a course and that they agree to these terms and this agreement to make sure that it's very clear. This is not a substitute for therapy, for example, um, to develop forms and contracts for, co- for folks who are um, signing up for my coaching um, services. And so those are a couple of the steps that I've taken just to make sure that it's very clear that what I'm offering here is not under the umbrella of my therapy mm-hmm. practice and yeah. making sure and that also allows me then to offer these services to people who reside outside of my state of licensure, right? Which really mm-hmm. has expanded the reach there and being able to offer um, those services. And yeah, so those are some of like the, the logistics of kind of making those, taking those steps. For me, having a business attorney to kind of hold my hand was really, really helpful. I actually have an episode with my attorney on my on the podcast. So oh, yeah. go find that episode with um, Kate Santon. That's my attorney who helped me do all these things, trademark things, come up with forms, you know, set up the businesses. Um, yeah. And so I think that people think initially this, oh my gosh, like setting up, a having a coaching business is going to it just seems too overwhelming when actually there's just some pretty practical steps that you take, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in terms of like the logistics of like scheduling and um, processing payments and websites and such. Um, I do have a separate website that kind of holds my coaching um, yeah. as well as my courses. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, I do all my scheduling um, for my coaching clients on the same simple practice platform that I use. It just is under there as a coaching session, not a therapy session, just because I wanted all my calendar to be in one place. Um, And then in terms of processing payments, I process payments using different different sources so that that, so there it's set up to go into those specific bank accounts, right? Mm -hmm. So that it's very separate financially. So it's possible. It is. I... I love that I have both. And even though mine is still, uh, my coaching is still a one-to-one model. I have my courses and I have my one-on-one coaching. I find that throughout my day, you know, I would say my my caseload's about 50-50, 50 50 coaching, 50 um, therapy clients. Yeah. It is such a different energy um, and role that I have in those sessions and topics that we're talking about um, for me specifically because my coaching is working with therapists in on the business side of things, it, I feel like it is such a protective factor for me in terms of burnout, yeah. in terms of the different energy that I ha- that brings that I bring in those sessions, the different admin work or not having admin work that I don't have to be doing that yes, is really it. really supportive um, in protecting me from burnout. 
uh, while also just having a more secure income because I've diversified the offerings that I yes, have. Um, yes, yes. Would yes. you agree with that? Oh, 100%. And again, like this realization that we are not like one dimensional beings, like we can like, in your words, diversify um, our skill set and diversify those different things to allocate like, okay, realistically, realistically, I want to see this many people and identifying why, like, what's the deeper meaning to having the caseload number that you want? Okay, then I want this amount of income to support my family and my lifestyle and the values and the things that we want to go after. What's going to help me get to that place in the most sustainable um, way possible, in the most simplistic way possible, in the most uh, aligned way possible? And then work making a decision around now that I know that I want to diversify, now that I know I'm not as afraid to do coaching, or I'm not as afraid to jump out and do some of these other things, um, let me reverse engineer. Like my goal is to start this group coaching program. My goal is to get this offer out in the open. How can I work myself back to where my time and my energy and my focus is headed in the direction? Because um, it's more than possible. You are more than capable of doing that. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So the listener, let's, let's say the listener right now is like, all right, it, you know, we've laid out kind of some of the options. We're talking about one of them here. I think I'm into this option. <laughs> you know, when does someone know that it's time that, how will someone know that it's time to transition into this sort of group coaching model? Um, what are some of those first, you know, few steps mm -hmm. that they should be, that they should be considering? Yeah. So when it comes to transitioning specifically to a group coaching model, I think about um, have you built up a level of expertise inside of the private practice that you already have related to like, you know, working with a specific niche or population or topic that you really enjoy um, being in your private practice at least six months, I think gives you enough time to say, oh, I like this person who made me so much not like this, you know, in this particular way. And it's OK to own that. Right. And I think the more the quicker we are to publicly claiming and um, owning our gifts and our strengths in the way that they operate and flow, the quicker we are to being in a full alignment to who we are and how we want to show up. So if, you know, you've been in your private practice for at least six months and you have developed this level of expertise with the clients that you have been serving, um, as well as some type of um, voice on uh, social media, because like letting people know, because when it comes to having a one-to-many model, there does need to be a sense of demand for what you're offering. Um, you can definitely 100% start off with a one-to-one -one, uh, coaching um, package. That's what I did. Um, and then transition over into the group model. Um, but I would say like building that demand for people to say, oh, she's got what I want. Okay. And I want, I want it. And I want to work with her specifically because she's speaking all my language and I just want to work with her now, 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 like that's what we want. And so having those kind of, um, pieces to the puzzle in place more than six months in the, in your private practice, a niche that you at least know a little bit about how you want to work with them and kind of creating content it doesn't have to be anything spectacular, but just for the people to know that you are, uh, you're out there, you know, that creates that sense of demand and will put you in a really great position to uh, venture into group coaching. Yes. Okay. And then that's a place where people might start to get a little bit of anxiety, right? Yeah. Of, yeah. 
Well, the, the marketing um, and the putting myself out there and listener, I got episodes there for you too. Go yeah. check out the imposter syndrome. Go check out the perfectionism episode. Mm-hmm. Go check out my Insta social media marketing episodes. Okay. Yeah. You covered. Um, you got you covered there. But yeah, there that 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 piece is huge, especially if we're going to not hold ourselves back and have this sort of mindset of like I can break through the income ceiling that may have initially had for myself as a therapist trading time for money one Mm -hmm. on one. So Mm -hmm. that does bring me though to this question of like the how much you're charging for things like this. Do you? you know, with, for this, for the the purposes of this podcast episode, right? I know that you offer so much support in really helping people kind of figure these things out for their unique situations. Mm -hmm. You have a sense here of what is possible. Yes. Yes. yes, yes. What is possible for for something like this? I love this question because it's probably going to wreck somebody's nervous system. So prepare it. Okay. Just take a deep breath. I encourage uh, my therapist and my program to at least start their program off at 3k. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, yes, yeah, like, yeah, these eyebrows. Okay. <laughs> um, sit yeah. with me, right. Sit with me. Um, the level of, again, going back to the expertise that you've developed inside of your private practice, being able to um, unpack that is a gift. It is a great service. It is a value. When you're able to unpack that in inside of a curriculum and people can go through it and kind of still get the result and transformation that you're used to delivering, and you can do it um, in a way that gets them the result quicker and faster, listen, people will pay. People have paid me for it. I'm not just talking about business coaching. Yeah. I've had one-to-one uh, um, clients that were not other therapists pay me this amount of money because they trusted me. Yeah. Because I was producing content that was speaking directly to them because yeah. they knew, oh, she's specialized. Um, they had been kind of following along and listening to to that. I was explaining what we would walk through in the curriculum. Um, so it's not just like, oh, I'm going to give you some worksheets or like, oh, we might just talk about, let's hang out like we do in therapy. It's a very kind of result driven type mm-hmm. of process. And so, yes, uh, I do not like hold people hostage and say, you have to, you know, charge this amount of money. Um, But I do kind of encourage that. um, I do encourage this kind of um, starting right there to, to kind of, again, step into this level of expertise and rigor of training that we've been to, to get to this point for you to be able to offer. and, And here's a question that comes up like, well, what if people can't afford it? And what if I'm not being accessible And my definition of accessibility is how quickly can people get the result that they need? That's accessibility. Mm -hmm. My ability to coach you from miles and across the country and all of these other time zones, that's accessibility. My ability to Mm -hmm. unpack my intellectual knowledge and give it to you in a process that I know if you go through it and I can coach you through it with that community on the back end, you will feel better. You will get this result. That's accessibility. And so stepping out of, again, that kind of money mindset, it's not just about the price. It is about the experience that you're curating for this client. And ultimately you are serving them by helping them to um, 
show up with the level of commitment, what it takes to get the result of the program. Because, you know, sometimes with clients in our private practice, if they're not paying for their therapy session, it's a different type of energy. Yeah. And so with coaching, we cannot remove that thought process. Not saying that like if someone can't afford something, they're not going to be committed to the process. But sometimes when, when we put our money where our mouth is, where our thoughts are, where our energy is, we're showing up, Mm -hmm. which also it allows them to get the result, which also allows you to say, you to have this confidence of like, I I do know my stuff. (laughs) I do know it. Versus if you weren't charging at a level that demanded that level of commitment for people, they weren't showing up and they weren't doing the work, you'll start second guessing yourself. Well, maybe I shouldn't have done this in the first place. Nobody's mm-hmm. actually doing it. Nobody's coming to the calls and like all of these things, right? Let me just go back and stick to the rivers and the lakes that I'm used to. When in reality, you have to measure and think about is is my business model set up in a way that will actually get people and encourage them to get the transformation they committed right like in that okay I, so i really appreciate the way that you're kind of unpacking accessibility here mm-hmm. and how we are offering accessibility through these yeah. models yeah and a kind of like logistic question that comes up for me so 3k and then mm-hmm. what does that include? Like, is that like, is there like, a, is like, is there a package that you think kind of like aligns with that 3K number in terms of how many sessions they're getting or like what kind of comes with it? Like what's in that package for that 3K? Yeah. So that depends. Um, I think a lot of times when we think about, oh, you know, that's thousands of dollars. Um, I want you to go back and look at um, your simple practice. I know you, you're, you are like gun ho for simple practice, me too. And look at a client that has been with you for a little bit and see how much they have paid you. Right. I can guarantee you it's probably at 3K or way past it. So somebody has already paid you that, that much money or more. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. when we think about like having it in a package, it's like, oh, it's, but it's so you know intimidating to have that. Okay, but think about the No Surprise Act. This yeah, is what they're doing. I was just going to bring that up. These new good faith estimates that we are asked, we are now required to send to clients to let them know like an estimate of like the package of like what they're kind of signing on for. Again, they can terminate at any time. This is not a contractor like commit, like that kind of commitment. They can terminate at any time. Mm-hmm. But a lot of therapists are like freaking out that they have to give their clients these big numbers. But it's like, I mean, they, the client can do the math and like, this is going to be how much it costs (laughs) if you're anticipating a range of these many sessions. And so, yeah, that's a really great point, Chastity, that like, we're like, and I think that clients are going to start getting, this is going to become, we have to do this now. It's going to become very common to get these estimates and these packages, right. Sort of sent out to folks. And I think that's going to really help both us get mm-hmm. used to this and customers, clients yeah. get used to the idea that like, this is how much it costs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 And, and it, yeah. it helps make, it helps them make an informed decision. Right. Do I really want to work with this person day or night for you too? Do I really want to work with this uh, person? Do I really want to work in this model? And so we're already headed towards that. Coaching is just a few, you know, years ahead of the game, but <laughs> We're already headed that way. But um, to me, your curriculum does the heavy lifting of um, 
separating therapy from coaching, maintaining those boundaries of what's what's appropriate for you to discuss and not inside of your program. And so a lot of times when we're doing therapy, we think, oh, it's going to take folks a long time to get to this because I've worked with kids, you know, uh, kids. I've worked with uh, clients for two years and, you know, we're still working through things. But when you have, you know, when you have a curriculum that folks can go through, you're not doing the back and forth, that tango dance that you usually do in sessions. Okay, let's review from last week. And then they want to talk about salt and pepper that happened, you know, two weeks ago. Oh, this thing. What, your curriculum is not doing that. Your curriculum is like straight to the point, helping them like understand these concepts that you're teaching. And so with that being said, people are able to go, people are able to access you without having you in the picture. They're able to access your brain, your your questions, your methodology, your frameworks without having to have a conversation with you. And how? what else would you need, right? <laughs> so you have that. You have, I encourage, you know, hosting your, uh, your paid community on something as simple as a Facebook group. And yes, people will join in a Facebook group if, if it's a part of your program. Um, I've hosted groups on um, Mighty Networks and my own website, and it was a nightmare. Okay, so let's mm-hmm. you know, just keep it simple. Keep it simple. Um, yeah, but sometimes we think we have to add all these like shiny gadgets, and it has to be perfect. And and you know, if it's not polished, people aren't going to pay this premium price. But think about that deeper message. Mm-hmm. You as you are, the knowledge that you already have is good enough. Mm-hmm. It's valuable enough, and so you don't have to create the shiny over-the-top experience that you think people will only pay for in order to charge a premium price, show up and do what you're good at. It's valuable enough. Mm. Let that settle in a little bit. Uh, Yeah, let that simmer. So Chastity, what are you offering folks to support them in this process as they're listening in, tuning in? They've they've listened thus far. There's something inside of them that's interested Mm -hmm. in potentially integrating this what are you offering folks like maybe yeah so my program evolve helps you know psychotherapists who are wanting to evolve past the one-to-one model and serve one-to-many using the skills that they already have with the clients that they've just worked so well with um by helping them create and launch this 3k or more group coaching program it's really about niching down separating therapy from coaching um, it's about learning how to craft a curriculum that does make you feel very confident in your ability to charge a premium price and help guide those people through transformation. Um, and even connecting, like, how do you connect your program to your marketing on Instagram? So you're not just like posting and praying. Like, oh, Jesus, I hope. Posting and praying. Posting it, we're done with that, okay? But yeah. how do you link that so that you're articulating the value that's inside of your program? And then launching that to say, okay, we're open. I'm ready to serve. I'm here to serve, you know? Um, and so the program really walks you through the blueprint and the know-how, the frameworks to be able to do that based on things that I've, how I've set up my coaching community, how I created sell process to get in coaching clients and um, even some things from my private practice that I'm borrowing from that experience as well. So yeah, it's really kind of that um, I feel, you know, let me toot my little toot toot horn, um, the like go-to program to help to be able to, to do that with confidence. Hmm. Chastity, I'm going to include links to all of this in the show notes. So our listeners can go and connect with you and 
take that step if that's the next step for them, if they're ready for that. Thank you so much for doing this with me. I always love an opportunity and chance to connect with you and just so grateful for our friendship and to have you in my life. Chastity, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to Holding Space for Therapists, the podcast. Are you ready to take the next step in starting or growing or pivoting your modern private practice? Go check out that link in the show notes. The Crafted Practice and the Established Therapist Toolkit are my two e-courses for therapists. They're self-paced and they cover all the things that I wish I learned in grad school, but definitely was not covered. Everything from modern marketing to diversifying your income and all the startup 101 stuff that you actually do need to know when establishing your own business as a therapist and entrepreneur. I walk you through step-by-step through video lessons, and you also get to join our private Facebook community. If you want to be the first to know when future episodes air, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. And the best way to support the podcast is to leave a review. All right, fellow therapists, I hope that you have a beautiful rest of your day.